0: What's happening, y'all? Welcome inside the Fantasy Stock Exchange. Danny and Bush coming at you with another mock draft reaction. Today, we are tackling the other ESPN analysts' um, latest mock draft. Last week, we covered a mock draft reaction for Todd McShay. Now we got Mel Kuyper, the godfather of the NFL draft himself. As you guys know, in the last video that we did this for, we're going to be tackling a two-round Superflex rookie mock draft based on the results of Mel Kuyper's draft. So he did a two-round mock draft. We have landing spots, for all these prospects and we're going to draft them as if this actually happens in the NFL draft and see how it, you know, uh, determines what our decision-making is from a draft capital perspective, landing spot uh, perspective uh, and all that stuff. So if you guys enjoy this video at any point, you guys know the drill, hit the like button, comment any of your thoughts down below, subscribe to the channel. If you are new, Danny, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing well. I'm doing well. And yeah, looking at this mock, obviously a two round mock draft from Kuiper. There are a lot of very interesting picks in this draft, obviously particularly for us being a fantasy channel, being amongst those skill positions, talking to quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends. There are a bunch of odd, surprising things that happens throughout. So we'll try to gauge you guys. We'll try to recap you guys. You guys will obviously see the landing spots prior to us having this draft, but it should be a very fun exercise, just kind of contextualizing these landing spots on our draft board when we're making our picks in a rookie draft.
0: Right. Cause this is, this is real life practice, right? When the yeah. bullets are flying and we know where these guys are going and where they went in the NFL draft, that's when we got to make some real decisions. So like I said, like, comment, subscribe. If you enjoy, check out the Patreon uh, for more access to dynasty rookie rankings and all that kind of stuff. You can also get it by supporting our sponsors over at underdog fantasy using promo code FSE at signup and first deposit. You'll get a hundred percent match back on whatever you put in. You'll also get as a thank you for using our code, our rookie rankings, our dynasty rankings manifesto totally for free for doing that. So if that interests you, links are in the description for that. Now it's at the intro. All right. So we are here in the draft. Like I said, this is a super flex rookie mock draft using Mel Kuiper's most recent two round mock draft. The link is in the description for that. This isn't like a tight end premium or anything like that. So if you want to check out the full mock draft, we're only obviously covering fantasy relevant players. But if you want to know where your favorite offensive tackle went or who your favorite team picked, the link is in the description for that. So let's start at the 101. The tier of 101 has been between two players the entire draft process. Post draft, it's going to stay between two players. Brees Hall running back from Iowa state in this mock draft going 38th overall to the New York jets in the second round and Malik Willis quarterback from Liberty going sixth overall top 10 draft capital for the quarterback from Liberty to the Carolina Panthers. So for me, me me and you might differ on this one, which, uh, you know, doesn't happen a whole lot on this channel, but I'm still going to go with Brees Hall. I think, yeah, it's unfortunate that he's got to, you know, compete with Michael Carter, who's obviously a pretty good player. But when you spend, you know, top 40 draft capital on a running back, I believe he's going to get, a very, very large workload, a big feature workload in that backfield. This is an offense that I believe is on the rise. So if Brees Hall were to go to the New York Jets, I think there's plenty of work to go around. This is a multi-back system where we've seen multiple backs be efficient and effective in. So I'll take Brees Hall to the New York Jets with the 101 here.
1: Yeah, and uh, I mean, I would agree with it in this scenario because, I mean, we look at the overall landscape of that Jets mock in particular, and they added a lot to that offense to make it sufficient. Obviously, this was one of the worst offenses in the NFL last year, which, you know, if you're talking about a rookie running back, that's not the type of situation, not the type of structure that you want him to get thrust into. But we're talking about that Jets team. I mean, their offensive line should get healthy this upcoming year. And in this particular Mel Kiper mock, we did see them add Drake London, them add Tyler Linderbaum. Those two pieces are going to be huge in trying to get this offense to meet its potential. So I think, the Jets are, are completely on the right track here. If this was the actual way they conducted their draft, I think none of us would complain in the fantasy uh, space. And as a result, I mean, you're talking about Brees Hall, a locked and loaded worklo- or workload. I mean, let's be honest, Michael Carter, he's a fine player. But if you're spending 38th overall on Brees Hall, he is going to be your workhorse running back. Michael Carter, I mean, I don't want to make this comparison, but like, would he be the Naheem Hines to what Jonathan Taylor is?
0: Yeah. I think, I think that's a fair comparison and Naeem Hines has still been relevant in fantasy and still has valuable weeks here and there. So, um, hopefully I, again, this is why I put out a video yesterday that you guys would have seen telling you to sell Michael Carter, because this is a feasible thing that could happen. They could take Brees Hall with one of their early second round picks. They could take Brees Hall, even if they trade down in the first round or something, or Brees Hall, uh, maybe not the target for them. They could just take a, a running back in like round three or something like that. I think the Jets are looking to add a piece to this backfield, whether it's a high draft capital guy like Brees Hall or a guy, you know, in the third, fourth round to compliment Michael Carter, we won't know until draft day, but I'll let you take it away with the 102
1: here. You know exactly where I'm going here. A guy that I've been really hy- hyping up on Twitter, on YouTube, you name it, for the last couple months. And it's simple to me. Malik Willis gets sixth overall draft capital. Malik Willis is a locked and loaded top two rookie pick this year. And when you're talking about the, the prospect, the ceiling, the potential of a Malik Willis, if he hits his upper percentile outcome in his range of outcomes, he's a top 10 startup pick. The arm talent, the legs are all there for this guy to be an elite fantasy producer. However, as you kind of mentioned, if he was the perfect prospect, I don't care what landing spot Brees Hall would go. He would be the 101. Malik would be the 101 if he was a Trey Lance-level prospect. The problem with him, obviously, mechanically, he has a lot of refinement to go. And the Panthers here, they are a little bit scary. I'm not going to lie, given their recent moves. But I'm trusting the draft capital. I'm trusting the dual threat ability. And at the end of the day, even if he is in a subpar landing spot here with the Panthers, your floor here is basically Jalen Hurts with sixth overall draft capital. You're playing with free money, getting Malik Willis at 102, in my opinion.
0: Right. And when you say like a subpar landing spot, you're talking specifically about the coaching staff because it's kind of, you know, they took a step back and Joe Brady and the offensive line, which was one of the worst in the league last year. They do have great weapons with DJ Moore extended Christian McCaffrey still in town. They have some ancillary pieces as well. So from a, a weapons perspective, it's not a bad landing spot, but In my opinion, the biggest problem for Malik Willis was his ability under pressure and going to a team with a bad offensive line is not exactly the the remedy for that. So that makes me a little bit nervous. I've already kind of talked about that. I am most likely to sell whatever pick Malik Willis ends up settling in on consensus wise, just because I I, I do agree that he's going to be a good Konami code quarterback and all that kind of stuff. But if he's going to be already perceived as this guy's arrived, this guy's going to be an elite fantasy quarterback right from the get-go, I'm willing to sell him at that point. To see what I can get, because if I can turn Malik Willis into Jalen Hurts plus, I'm going to do it.
1: Yeah, and I, I think that's more than fine. Uh, I mean, it depends on the plus for me, because I do have Willis uh, ranked higher regardless because of the draft. I, drop have, drop I, drop
0: I higher than him straight up. So.
1: And, and that's fine. That's a, a slight micro difference. But yeah, I mean, if if you're talking about it, the, the one thing that uh, actually our, our good friend Hayden Winks uh, tweeted a couple of days ago that I really looked at and contextualized was, I mean, this applies to the whole draft class, but the whole draft class is very bad against pressure. And Malik Willis actually had the bottom first percentile in terms of EPA lost by sacks last year. Bottom first percentile in Hayden's entire database, Malik Willis in terms of EPA lost by sacks. That is not good, especially yeah, he also on a team. Took way
0: too many bad sacks too when you watch him on tape.
1: And that's the the main concern. There is that lack of progression if you will uh in terms of you know being able to mentally process the game for Malik but if he is able to get that part of his game figured out the physical traits here are blessed blessed
0: right so we've made our our thoughts you know pretty apparent pretty on clear. these guys yeah. so far so we can run through these wide receivers a little bit faster yeah. um the first receiver in my rankings right now as it currently stands is Drake London in this mock draft uh London Wilson and Burks went to the following landing spots as you guys can see on the screen Drake London went 10th to the New York Jets. Garrett Wilson went 8th to the Atlanta Falcons. Traylon Burks went 23rd to the Arizona Cardinals. Now, again, the way I have them ranked, they're all within like 10, 15 points in my ranking system. But Drake London is my wide receiver one. I don't see a marginal difference between these landing spots and versus each other. No, nobody went to the Packers. Nobody went to the Chiefs. Nobody you know, went fifth overall, like uh, in the last mock that we did. So I personally will go With Drake London, who is my current wide receiver one, not a whole lot changes, so I uh, go back-to-back Jets to start off the draft here.
1: Yeah, and I mean, in this scenario, because of my comfortability with the landing spot with the Jets, because of my comfortability with the top 10 draft capital, he would probably end up being my wide receiver one, though I'm not going to lie, I I do like my current one's landing spot, it's just tough to argue that 13-pick discrepancy and obviously, uh, that need in the jets offense for that prototypical X style wide receiver that Drake London would represent. So absolutely love the fit here. My next pick is, uh, again, I, I I've mentioned before, and I'll mention again, these top three receivers are so, so close for me to the point that draft capital landing spot is going to be indicative. However, I mean, Traylon on landing with the Cardinals. I don't care that Garrett Wilson went 15 spots higher. I'm going to be honest. Maybe that's going to be a lack of foresight on me, uh, after the draft, but Putting that type of skill set, you talked about it on The Matchmaker, but putting that type of skill set, that type of talent, in that Cardinals fast-paced offense is going to be a sight to see. You don't have to rely on this guy to be that great DeAndre Hopkins target hog because you have DeAndre Hopkins. Get this guy in space. Give him a valuable role. Obviously, we saw in terms of pure dominance, this is one of the more dominant wide receivers that we've seen in college football, period. It's going to be fun to see with him in this Cardinals offense. And if this actually happened on draft night, I would shed a tear to a certain degree because I would want him to fall to twenty four. But for fantasy, there is no arguing. Traylon Brooks, the Cardinals.
0: Yeah, the the fast paced offense thing definitely something yeah. that should be taken into account when you're talking about where you want to draft these guys because. I mean, the Atlanta Falcons with Garrett Wilson, who will be my next pick here. Great pick. My pick it's too. it's tough. I could go with, again, we have another instance of Kenneth Walker going to the Buffalo Bills. So maybe you want to go with Kenneth Walker here. Maybe you want to go with Kenneth Walker at 103. Again, no complaints if you want to do that. I said that in last video because uh, Todd McShay also had Kenneth Walker going to the Buffalo Bills. But I will go with Garrett Wilson here. Eighth overall draft capital. Hard to deny. Great prospect. Great separator. His reception perception just came out. Everything checks out. He's great against press, great against zone, great against man. Everything that I already knew about Garrett Wilson. Eighth overall to the Falcons. Great draft capital, but he's probably not going to be a ceiling type of player early in his career because you're not in a good offense with Marcus Mariota as your passer. You got to wait for the 2023 class to find your franchise QB or the 2024 class potentially as well. So I'll take Garrett Wilson here at 105. But if you want to go for the immediacy, immediate production of a running back in the Buffalo Bills offense wouldn't wouldn't uh, mind taking Kenneth Walker at 105 either
1: yeah and uh, I think you're forgetting about one name too because this is not an easy, easy decision for me man Jameson Williams on the Saints at 19th overall is also extremely intriguing for me and Walker versus Jameson is going to be a big heavy decider and ultimately we don't advocate for picking for need but This would be a scenario where if you need a running back, go Kenneth Walker. If you need a receiver, go Jameson Williams. For the purpose of this video, for the purpose of that landing spot insulation, I I will take Walker, but this is as 50-50 as it can possibly get for me between Walker and Jameson. I mean, let's let's just talk about the bull case for Walker real quick. You're getting probably the best pure runner in the class joining a highly insulated, highly efficient Bills offense. Like we could be talking about, 10, 15 plus touchdown opportunity on this team.
0: Right. And he got a guy with breakaway speed. Yeah. Who's going to be in plenty of great game scripts where they're going to be running the ball, like a, a ton, obviously. And a guy that um, in an offense where they're going to need to take the pressure off of Josh Allen, he's starting to, you know, go into that contract where he's making 45 million a year. Maybe they don't want him running on the goal line as much. So having a running back to take away that, that volume, and a guy uh, to take away the the touches from Devin Singletary and Zach Moss, who are fine players, but they're not difference makers in that offense. And Kenneth Walker, as a runner at least, can be a difference maker, and you can use Singletary on third down still while Walker kind of develops that part of his game, as I've kind of talked about with this fit already. For sure. Yeah, so at the 107, you kind of talked about him already, yeah. Jameson Williams, uh, New Orleans Saints, he would be um, my first you know, guess here. Again, I have Jahan Dotson higher than Jameson Williams right now, in my overall rankings, the difference between these two guys would be pretty tough to decipher. James, uh, Jahan Dotson went, uh, 26 to the Tennessee Titans. So he would be kind of forced into at least a secondary role to start his career because they have AJ Brown. Of course, they also have Robert Woods, uh, coming to town and it is a run heavy offense too. So I will go, um, with Jameson Williams here. There's like a very negligible difference between these two guys in my rankings. Overall, I have Jahan Dotson, like 10 spots, uh, 10 points higher in my overall ranking system, but Jamison Williams goes top 20 goes to a system where there's some uncertainty about Michael Thomas. You have a big armed quarterback, at least for the time being and Jameis Winston, who likes to push the ball downfield. So, uh, yeah, give me Jamison Williams at the one seven there.
1: Yep. No qualms with it. That would have been my pick as well. As I kind of alluded to, I was considering him with Kenneth Walker when I made the Walker pick. So I am perfectly fine with Jamison Williams. I mean, we're going to talk about, uh, his mocked teammate in a bit in this mock draft, but, uh, it would be nice. I, we're not going to spoil it yet. It would be nice to see that young duo for the foreseeable future uh, score a bunch of touchdowns. Yeah, uh, I'm going to talk about 108 next, though, and that's going to be uh, for me. Uh, I'll leave you Johan Dotson at 109 because I'm going to be taking this a lot of it here. 15th overall draft capital landing with the Philadelphia Eagles. Obviously, the main problem from an intermediate redraft standpoint. There is not a lot of volume to go around in this offense talking about one of the more run heavy offenses, in the entire league last year with the Philadelphia Eagles. And we're talking about a situation where in a low volume offense, he's still sharing targets with Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard. And I mean, whatever contribution you get from the running backs and that'll be, that's not going to affect the lobby too much, but mainly from Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard. However, he is a, a good enough player to command targets on his own, right? And B in a situation that is probably the most unique in the NFL. The Eagles are in a spot right now where you give Jalen Hurts as much opportunity to succeed as possible this year. If he does, guess what? Maybe Jalen Hurts evolved as a quarterback and Chris Olave gets more volume as a result because this team is more willing to throw the ball with an improved quarterback. Or the one that everybody's kind of talking about, the pro, if this team goes under this year, if Jalen Hurts has a bad year, are we at all shocked if they make a move up for a, a Bryce Young, for a CJ Stroud? And in that instance, this short-term problem of volume that we're talking about with Olave, if they add one of those young quarterbacks, won't be a problem. So realistically, you're taking him at 108 is a value, both a value in terms of floor, because I think he's a good enough player to command targets, and ceiling if they... You know, everything unfolds with uh, Jalen Hurts. They find out he's not the guy. And guess what? They make a play for a quarterback next year. This is a win-win here at 108. I'm perfectly fine taking uh, taking a top five wide receiver for me here. And yeah, 108, 15th overall. Can't argue it.
0: Yeah. Chris Olave is going to be tough because if this were to happen, I do think it's got a legit chance of happening. Cause I think Chris yeah, Olave is going to 100%. be, you know, about this range of the actual draft. I think the Eagles are looking to add a receiver. And if this happens, we we've seen this time and time again, when we overreact to landing spot in the immediate future that we see ahead of them, look like not a run heavy or a run heavy offense, not a pass heavy offense, a guy that is going to be competing for targets. It almost always bites us in the ass. So they bit us in the ass with AJ Brown. It didn't bite us in the ass because he got hurt with Rashad Bateman. But I think had Bateman stayed healthy, we would have seen a pretty productive rookie season from him. And he would have looked like a value if you got him at the 112, 111 of your rookie draft.
1: Uh, Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, I mean, uh, you may not be able to apply it to Bateman because he got hurt. But even a couple years ago, coming into the league, I mean, Marquise Brown was not viewed as that guy. Obviously, it took him a couple years, but he ended up developing into a near 150 target guy who coming out of that draft was basically going to say that Marquise Brown, that speedster Henry Ruggs S deep threat was going to evolve into a target monster.
0: No, no one would have said that. So, right. uh, I don't disagree with the Alave pick. I would have picked John Dotson, as you know, so fine. I will pick Jahan Dotson right now. Um, and again, it's kind of a similar situation. You're going to have a guy that, um, Went to a run heavy offense that centers around Derrick Henry behind AJ Brown and Robert Woods in the immediate short term future with a quarterback like Ryan Tannehill, who I think is a good quarterback, but people are down on currently because the most recent time that we saw him play football, but Jahan Dotson's a good prospect going to a good system and a good offense with a solid quarterback. So I'm not going to overthink it. I'll take him there at 109. You are on the board here, and this is probably a pivot point in the draft. I'll let you uh, kind of determine what direction you're going to go.
1: Yeah, this is a big pivot point. Uh, apparently in these first two rounds, did we not see a Sam Howell go in the first we two We did rounds? not
0: see a Sam Howell go. Sam Very. Howell didn't go, nor did Isaiah Spiller, nor did uh, um, David Bell, nor did a couple other guys that would typically be in consideration uh, for me.
1: Without that top two round draft capital insulation, Howell is falling. And I mean, the next player on my board, regardless, is Sky Moore. Him landing on KC at that 50th overall pick. Obviously, we talk about landing spot all the time. Don't let landing spot dictate your rankings. But Scott Moore was already ranked here for me, and now he lands on what's shown to be the best quarterback in the NFL, what's shown to be one of the best offenses in the NFL, and an offense that should be pushing for the highest volume in the entire league. So you're getting that type of insulation here. I get it. 50th overall is not ideal. You would have rather have seen, uh, rather have seen him be picked at 29th or 30th. But I mean. They're not going to be arguing because, uh I mean, we saw DK Metcalf slide in the past. We saw AJ Brown slide in the past. We've seen talented wide right, right receivers slide in the past. Get a guy with the talent of Sky Moore in that offensive situation that KC represents, more than fine making that pick.
0: Yeah, a second-round receiver is not a huge deal-breaker. I'm cool taking you know yep. top 50 picks over first-round receivers, which you did, obviously, with Christian Watson, who went yeah. uh, 22nd, <laughs> to the Green Bay Packers. Um, so there's a couple guys on the board for me here that I would consider. We have Kenny Pickett who went 20th overall to the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's a quarterback. This is a super flex draft. I don't like Kenny Pickett as a prospect. I don't think he belongs to go in this range of the draft. So if I had a pick in this territory, 110, 111, 112, I'd be shopping Kenny Pickett. And who knows? Maybe he even goes by the time like the dust would settle in the the rookie draft process. Maybe he's like the consensus 107 or some shit. And at that point, I'm just all the way out. There's no way I could pick him over a guy like Jamison Williams or Dotson or somebody like that. So I'm not going to pick Pickett here because I do think if Christian Watson is going to hit his ceiling, it's going to need to be in a great system with a great quarterback and everything's going to need to go right for him. So going to the Green Bay Packers with top 25 draft capital is a, a situation that I'm okay investing in. Would I rather get Christian Watson in the second round of a rookie draft? Probably. But uh, I don't think you would get him at that point. I think he'd probably go well before Jahan Dotson and Chris Olave if this were to actually play out the way it does.
1: Yep, I'm I'm more than fine with that pick. Uh, I'm not obviously a big fan of the player, but I mean, you're talking about that landing spot. You're talking about the draft capital. I mean, it's it's hard from a pure draft capital investment insulation standpoint to move him much further than 111, even if we're not big fans. So I don't mind that pick 112. This is a tough point for me. Because I mean, you could go obviously with Pickett and the Steelers. You could go with your your next available skill position player. You could go with a guy like Desmond Ritter. Ultimately, here though, because of the difference in draft capital from twentieth to fortieth, I would prefer Pickett over Ritter. So I don't like the player that much, but Pickett, Pitt, one twelve. I think this is probably the cheapest you're going to get for that type of quarterback. So I'll bet on the market here. Like, I don't yeah, know. again, Pickett. Not going too many to a pauses,
0: Pickett and Willis and uh, this entire draft class in general is not very good under pressure, except for Sam Howell and Kenny Pickett going to the one of the worst offensive lines yeah. in the league. Again, not a good situation, but at least with, with Pittsburgh, I trust their, you know, stability, their franchise to be able to rebuild the team around Kenny Pickett. So uh, I do, if I had a choice, would, would I rather Willis go six to the Panthers or 20th to the Steelers? I would rather him go 20th, despite the, the draft capital difference um, between those two. Um, because sure, I do think that the Steelers are going to be way more likely to build a, a proper team around them, and the weapons are pretty comparable for both for both teams.
1: Yeah, and I'd agree with that assessment. Obviously, we in in general we prefer the higher draft capital, but that's more so from ceiling projection type of quarterbacks. You know, last year we had guys like Lance, Lawrence, Zach Wilson, um, Justin Fields that had incredibly high both real life and NFL ceilings. With a guy like Kenny Pickett, we kind of know that his range of outcomes isn't as expansive of some of those guys. So realistically, even if he landed in the best landing spot possible, like well, Tannehill, at, like the
0: absolute Tannehill. Ceiling, yeah. yeah I think. It, it, like, I don't think he's, I think he's going to be somewhere between Daniel Jones and Ryan Tannehill on that spectrum. I don't know where he's going to slot into because Tannehill in his, you know, couple years that we've seen with Tennessee has been a very good quarterback. So yep. if that happens, then obviously Kenny Pickett probably hit his ceiling. So um, at the two one here, I'm on the board. Um, we did we did not have like you said Sam Howell go in the second round of the of this draft. So I don't know where he would go. He'd probably fall to the third round, third round quarterback. I mean, no. we, we did see Davis Mills get an opportunity to start. So it would really all depend if Sam Howell is a third round quarterback, not our first or a second round guy. Does he have an opportunity to start? Does he go to Atlanta? Does he go to Seattle? Does he go to a team that is going to have um, you know starting reps up for grabs? In this mock, we actually had uh, another team take. Uh, or Seattle take a different quarterback at Desmond Ritter. So they probably would be off the board. You got to hope that at that point for Sam Howell, he went to like Atlanta in the third round or, you know, Tampa in the third round to, to potentially, um, be the heir apparent for Tom Brady. So for me, there's a number of different directions I could go. I think I'm actually just going to take, uh, George Pickens here, uh, who he went off the board pick. to the Washington yep. uh, commanders, um, in the second round. So I'll take George Pickens, a guy that again, I'm a little bit lower on, but Went in the top fifty. That this overall, I would say, is not the most fantasy friendly mock draft compared to McShay's. I don't so know. So with George, I I don't know. There's, there's definitely. I like some the Washington. Bot, but here. yeah, I I do think he's a good. This is a good you know value for him or whatever. But I think the other mock that we had was a little bit deeper and more fantasy relevant names, and there was more prospects picked in the first two rounds. So the draft capital made the the draft seem a little bit uh, deeper, and we also got some like worse prospects, inferior prospects going in round two of this mock draft. So I'll take. uh George Pickens going to the Washington Commanders in the second round, you know, play opposite Terry McLaurin, see what happens. Uh, many people out there think George Pickens could have been the best receiver in this class. I tend to think that might be a little bit overblown. I, I like his skill set. I think he's a good, you know, deep threat receiver, but I do think he would benefit from playing alongside a, a stud number one like, like Terry McLaurin.
1: Well, I outlined uh, this fit in our matchmaker video with Trevor. Uh, I love the fit for him with Washington. I actually, in that scenario, said 47th overall for Washington would make a ton of sense. You're getting that. Deep threat, secondary piece that Carson Wentz needs to attack that deep portion of the field. Obviously, with McLaurin, you're getting a three-level threat. He can do it on all levels of the field. Even if Pickens's, uh, Pickens' skill set is limited year one as he develops off of that injury, as he keeps developing as a player. Obviously, not as experienced as you would see a player of his age normally due to the injury. But... When you're t- and obviously uh with, with COVID last year, but when you're talking about Pickens, when you're talking about the skill set, this is what Carson Wentz needs. He needs that big athletic deep threat, as I mean, you outlined in the in the tail of the tape series that Pickens, even if he's limited right now, can still represent. So 47th overall, he would have been my pick to uh had Pickett not been there for me at 112. So I think two oh one is perfectly fine for George Pickens, and you kind of alluded to Desmond Ritter, but he, he he is going to be my next pick. I mean, it's pretty simple to me. This pick would be between Ritter and Corral, and I'm sure you're probably going to take Corral with the next pick anyways. To me, the the difference here is I I think Ritter has a higher rushing ceiling, and if we're talking about comparable quarterbacks, you know, picked within nine picks of each other, I'm just going to lean the, the, the upside with the legs that Ritter does represent comparative to Corral, even though I'm not cor- calling Corral a non athlete. He's no slouch in that regard, but I do think that Ritter has more ceiling from a rushing standpoint than Corral does at the next level.
0: I mean, Corral produced him on the ground and Corral. It's, I know everybody when they watch Corral run, they're like, Oh, he's a slender frame and he can't take these hits. But like, man, when I watch a quarterback run, he's trying to run over linebackers. I love to see that from my quarterback. So yeah, Matt Corral would be my pick here. More than am um, going to the new Orleans saints at pick 49. Uh, you got to figure that Jameis Winston's probably going to start at least his first season yep. or you know most of his first season, Corral's a guy that if I'm going to take a project quarterback, I probably wouldn't go after Corral because I think he's more so pro ready and not uh, necessarily the highest ceiling quarterback in the world. So, I would have if I was the Saints and I picked a quarterback to be a project quarterback at 49, I would have picked Sam Howell because Sam Howell has a better skill set and better tools than Matt Corral but yeah, either way I think the the Corral pick makes some sense. I do think we're probably going to see two or three second round quarterbacks in this upcoming draft whether it's Ritter, Corral and Howell or you know two of those three guys or whatever the case is. So, uh you're on the board. We still have, you know, guys that didn't yeah. get picked in this mock like Isaiah Spiller and David Bell still available here.
1: Yeah. I mean, for the purpose of the scenario, we're going to be hoping Isaiah Spiller goes in the third round. Again, if Isaiah Spiller is not a top 3 round draft pick, I am not taking Isaiah Spiller here, but for the purpose of the video, let's just say he goes third round, 74th overall to the Falcons. Let's just say that's a hypothetical. If that is the case, Isaiah Spiller is the pick for me. I mean, he's I probably
0: Honestly, like I, I kind of, he slipped my mind a little bit. I probably would have picked him before Pickens if that was the case. If I, again, if this was a three round mock and I knew he went in the third round, I'd probably have picked him at 2-1.
1: Yeah. I mean, there, there's a, the risk there is that we're projecting the landing spell because obviously, I mean, what if he goes in the third round, but it's to be a back committee to back some Yeah. I mean, back up to James Connor or talk about a more, I mean, I mean, obviously Hubbard, uh, is there in Carolina, but a situation like that where he lands, let's just say hypothetically, what, what's a, an older bell count behind
0: think, Derrick Henry in Tennessee. behind Derrick.
1: That'd be a perfect one. Yeah. What if he landed behind Derrick Henry in Tennessee? Um, Like, what opportunity are you getting there? There's obviously a lot of risk there in not knowing his landing spot. But, again, if he's on the Falcons, 74th overall, like we're projecting right here, he's got a three-down skill set. Obviously, right now, he's more raw, has some nuance to uh, add to his game as a pure runner. Uh, At times, I mean, we we did see that. um, Obviously, if you guys want more information on that, you can check out our running back matchmaker video. But, yeah, he is not the nuanced player, like, a Brees Hall, Kenneth Walker, where they feel more natural playing the running back position right now. But in terms of translatability, in terms of three down skill set, in terms of pass bro, this is a guy that I think is going to end up developing into a workhorse running back. Maybe if it's not year one, at least by year two.
0: Yeah. And speaking about the fact that he's raw, the youngest player in this draft is my wide receiver one, Drake London. The second youngest player in this draft is Isaiah Spiller. So he's only 20.7 years old. He will be barely 21 by the time he takes his first like preseason snaps. His birthday is on August 9th, so yep. this is a dude that's incredibly young. Still, so I do think he might benefit from going into a committee approach year one and then potentially taking over the job in year two. So, I mean, maybe Tennessee wouldn't be the worst landing spot for him maybe. if Derrick Henry wears down after one year or something like that, but uh. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. Anyway,
1: well, let's just say next, quickly. Uh, just ahead. say one thing: uh, if he landed in a Tennessee, I can sure as hell tell you his ADP wouldn't be in the top two rounds. But no, might no be even more be late,
0: it, it might be late round two, early round three, probably. He yeah, he
1: may might, be uh, an even more intriguing target at that point because people might think Henry's got two, three, four years left. Because you know people are delusional. When in reality, due to our research, due to obviously the 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 videos you've made too, and they sell these running backs. Now we know. Derek Henry's probably only got one or two years left. So if the market is over projecting his longevity, maybe you get a value with Spiller if he landed on Tennessee.
0: Right. And I mean, investing in ambiguous backfields in general is usually smart if you believe in the talent of the player. So even if he didn't go to the, the, the Titans, even if he went to like the Eagles where there's like a bunch of dudes there, it wouldn't make, uh, it would make a lot of sense there too. So I'm going to go with the next guy off the board who also did not hear his name called in this mock draft, and David Bell. A guy who I prefer straight up to Christian Watson and to George Pickens as a prospect. I think he's a better prospect than both of those guys, even though both of them are far superior athletically than what David Bell represents. But what David Bell did that they didn't do is command a high target share and be very, very productive in college, which we know is a lot more sticky for wide receiver prospects than being a great athlete. We have plenty of examples of Christian Watson caliber athletes that did not work in the NFL of the Doriel green Beckhams of the world. But um, Christian Watson, you got to hope he's more chase Claypool than those kind of guys. But either way, David Bell to me at the two five, if he goes in the third round of the bears or the Browns or something like that, I'm more than comfortable taking him here. And I, I probably would have taken him, you know, two, one, two, two
1: at that point. Yeah, more than fine. Uh, again, obviously here you're projecting third round. If he's a fourth round receiver, you're not taking him in the mid second, but yeah, if he's a third round receiver, Browns make a lot of sense. Bears make a lot of sense. But a lot of teams that could utilize his skill set probably in year one as a more so slot only type of player. But I mean, talk about target hog. He may not be a great athlete, but the dude can get open and the dude can fucking catch the ball. Like that's all you really need. Right. From and a he's not being
0: paid to run. You know, win sprints at the next level. He's being paid exactly. to catch the ball and get open.
1: Hundred percent. So uh, I'm back on the clock here, and uh, I do see a little bit of a, a transition point here. I mean, if we're talking about my overall rankings, like David Bell is currently uh, a cutoff here, then you get into the Rashad White, Tyler Algier uh, type of range because um, we don't know where they go. We don't know. Are they third round picks, fourth round picks, fifth round pick? uh, At least with Spiller, I'm more comfortable projecting third round draft capital than I am with an Algier than I am with a Rashad White at this current point because I don't know what the NFL is going to think about them. So with that in mind, the one constant we do know here is that a second round overall or second round receiver went 52nd overall to the Steelers. I'm going to take John Mechie here. Listen, is he the greatest wide receiver prospect in the world? No, but he got around two draft capital. He landed in a situation in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Like, is it a little bit questionable? Sure. Cause you got uh, Deontay, you got Claypool, you got Najee there. But at that point, I mean, the only other conversation would be probably Tolbert. yeah and you got a
0: a, like a potentially low a dot not pushing the ball downfield quarterback that you drafted with kenny pickett in the first round in this scenario who would who would probably gravitate towards a slot receiver
1: mechie would be your juju theoretically here you would let him work underneath you let him you know work some yak guy type of role there and he is a very physical blocker a very physical player that is going to to earn his role and earn his snaps very early in the NFL I think, as you kind of mentioned, this would be a perfect Juju replacement if they opted to go that route, taking pick at round one, getting that Juju wide receiver three rule, locked and loaded with Mechie to play your slot. So I think from a a scheme fit, from a projectability fit standpoint, Mechie to the Steelers makes a ton of sense.
0: Yeah, and uh, this next set of picks is a perfect example of how we want to react to landing spots because we do have two guys that went in this mock draft, Alec Pierce, from Cincinnati who went uh, in the mid fifties to the green Bay Packers and Jalen Tolbert from South Alabama, who went at the end of the second round to the Kansas city chiefs. Now those guys are probably not worth this pick as prospects. Like if we were doing this without landing spots, but because they go to those landing spots, they're probably going to get propped up to this point in the board, if not even higher than where we currently have them right now, especially if Spiller and bell or whatever, don't get great draft capital. So what I'm going to do is not overreact to the landing spot because I don't think you should. In this scenario, those teams also drafted earlier receivers uh, in Sky Moore to the Chiefs and Christian Watson to the Packers already. So I'm actually going to take the guys that I think are probably better prospects. To me, my current RB4 is Tyler Algier. He will be the guy that I am selecting here because, I, again, I don't know where he's going to go in the draft. If he goes in the fifth round, I probably wouldn't pick him this high. But let's just assume for the purposes of this that he goes in the late third round or the early fourth round. I would probably still pick him over a second round receiver that went to the Packers and, and Chiefs personally.
1: Yeah, and I mean, uh, the difference obviously here between Mechie and uh, the other receivers there with Pierce and Tolbert is, A, I I do think Mechie is both a better player and a better fit in his offense than what either of them represents. Yeah, like Tolbert is, what, your MVS long-term replacement? Like, realistically, like, why are you picking him there if you already got Sky Moore, if you already signed MVS, if you already uh, got Juju smith here? I'm not sure. I'm not going to question the validity of the mock because, I mean, it's fucking Mel Kiper. He knows, he's, forgotten more than i've probably he's, learned yeah, in my life literally
0: done like, this 20 years longer than we've yeah. been alive
1: and then obviously with, with alec pierce uh i mean I, I i just don't view him on that same level of talent so that's why i went with a guy like mechie but yeah i mean i'll here third fourth round let's just say hypothetical. obviously we can't project the exact draft capital given the status of this mock, but Maybe a team like Houston takes them in the third round. Who knows? Like, we don't know. Just trust the talent at this point because we don't have that available information. Algiers more than a, a, a fine pick here, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, hopefully with the next time we do this, we'll try and get a three rounder or a four rounder, so we get a little bit more context yeah. towards the back end of the second round. So let's quickly rattle off the end of the second round here, just because we're running a little bit low yep. on time. Just because we don't know the landing spot of most of these guys, let's uh, let's Sam make it Howell. quick and easy. Are you going to take any Sam of these Howell. second round receivers here? Just
1: I'm just going to take Sam Howell because uh, in obviously in this scenario you would be hoping he goes round three, but he's my best player available here. And if I'm comparing him to these fringe level wide receivers, just give me the upside that he represents a quarterback.
0: Right, and it would depend on where he goes too. Obviously, yeah. With the quarterback position, it is very dependent on where you go. And also, we need to know that he's not going to get lost in the shuffle. He's going to get a chance to start at some point in time, whether it's next year, this year, uh, two years from now, whatever the case is. So, Sam Howell at two eight, yeah, I think he's he's definitely worth that pick. He's like my twelfth overall player in Super Flex yeah. League. But he's like if he falls outside yeah. the second round, then it's going to be a problem for him. Um. Overall, looking at the rest of my board here, James Cook is my next highest available running back. I've just kind of caught up and, and watched and graded most of the running backs. I'll be dropping um, a huge, huge batch of player cards in the next like couple days for those of you guys that are uh, patrons of ours. So uh, stay tuned for that. A uh, wide receiver, Justin Ross is my highest available player there. And then uh, tight end Trey McBride, who did go in this mock 64th overall to the Denver Broncos would be my next available player. I'm actually gonna go with McBride here. Uh, not it's bad. not a great landing spot, obviously, because you have Albert, o- uh, Okuibun on there and you also have, um, just a crowded offense in general, but Trey McBride, you know, he was productive in college. He commanded a lot of targets, second round draft capital. Again, especially at tight end, you want to have a long-term view, um, because they usually aren't productive early in their careers. So if Alberto, who's going to be up in his contract probably next year or the year after, I can't remember exactly what year he was drafted, but. Um, Trey McBride might be the long term, you know, heir apparent to Alberto once he has like a productive season, gets the bag in free agency, and then they transition easily into McBride after that.
1: Yep, more than fine. Uh, and I know we we mentioned don't overreact to landing spots, but I mean at this point, uh, a lot of the the most talented players are off the board. So I mean, I'll I'll take Tolbert here because I just think straight up he's better than Pierce. But I'm not in love with this pick, and if I'm picking in this scenario at the back end of the second, I'm either going to try to move up into that top three to four range of the second round, or I'm looking to move that pick for
0: 2023 third. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm definitely going to be, if you can somehow get a second out of, out of these meant, second right? round picks, if, if, if somebody sees, you know, Kansas city Chiefs second round wide receiver on the board, they might want to little. give you a 2023 20, second round pick for that pick. And that is, that would be big the little, time. Yeah. Easy sell. So, um i like i already kind of talked about my best available players james cook justin ross i'll go with justin ross here let's hope he gets third round draft capital the jags or something like that and uh i'll take him here at 211 are you going to close it out with pierce are you going to take somebody different
1: uh, i mean i'm th- I'll, I'll just uh i'll close it out with pierce for simplicity state sake because i mean i don't feel like like deep looking right now uh and projecting where these, you know, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, whatever potential round guys are going to go. At least we know where Pierce is here and we know that it's with good draft capital. So I'll project it here. But if this was a three, four round mock and, you know, James Cook landed in a good spot, Wandale landed in a good spot, Kilosha like there's just so many guys that can potentially usurp Pierce. But for the simplicity's sake, we'll just go with Pierce. Obviously, the insulation there, you're tied to Aaron Rodgers. You. You and Christian Watson realistically are fighting for targets with what fucking Amari Rogers and who the fuck who, who is the like, Packers' Al wide Alan Lazard? Al, like oh yeah, like, top top thirty might Seab even Al be Al the best
0: one out of all of them. I mean, <laughs> top,
1: top thirty wide receiver Alan Lazard?
0: Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so a couple of other a uh, couple of other guys, like we said, there's a number of running backs in this class. You're gonna notice um, the more you do mock drafts and the more you dig into this class that. The wide receiver position is not as deep as initially anticipated, I would say. Like with Tolberts and Rosses and Pierce's, like we're talking like third, fourth round talents and it really does fall off after them. And like maybe Wandale, if you're a Wandale guy, Khalil Shakir, if you're you're a fan of him and maybe Calvin Austin, if you think he's fun after that, it's ugly at wide receiver. So at the running back position, there's a lot more of these third, fourth round rookie pick type of guys. Rashad White, it does not sound like he's going to get you know, second round draft capital, like we initially thought he could. He's also not a complete back. He's not a complete runner yet. So he's more so a late second, early third round type of rookie pick, in my opinion, even though some people will tout him as high as like the late first, early second round. Not for me, James Cook, Samir White, Brian Robinson, you know, all these dudes, Pierre Strong, it's going to depend on where they get drafted in the NFL draft. But I think if we went into the third round, they would just rip, we'd rip like five running backs off the board
1: right now. Mm -hmm. Probably. Yeah. I mean, uh, who knows if we knew access to those running backs in their landing spots and their draft capital, we would see more go at the end of the second round. Cause fucking Jalen Tolbert, Justin Ross, Alec Pierce, like realistic. Yeah. Yeah. If, if we knew that James players.
0: Cook went early yeah. third round and you know, Rashad white went early third round, then I would definitely pick those guys over those wide receivers. But again, if you guys enjoyed this video at any point, like the video comment down below any of your thoughts, favorite picks, you know, who are too low on too high on, et cetera, subscribe to the channel. If you are new, the next time we do this, we will make sure we have at least three rounds um, for a mock draft. So we can get a little bit more, um, you know, insight into the late second round area of the draft. But if you made it this far in the video, comment down below this wide receiver class sucks after, you know, uh, John Mechie is off the board or something like that. So uh, like I said, you guys uh, go ahead
1: i was just gonna say or comment for simplicity this wide receiver core last or wide receiver class lacks depth depth
0: yeah so if you guys want to check out any more dynasty rankings dynasty rookie content you know what to do patreon linked in the description as well as checking out our sponsors over at underdogfantasy.com you can deposit sign up using promo code fse 100% match back dynasty rankings manifesto totally for free as a thank you for doing that peace out guys we'll talk to you soon